0: Hey, hey, hey! It's me, Katie here. Grab a notebook, add a cuppa and join me in the Sociology Staff Room. Hello and welcome to the Sociology Staff Room. I'm Katie Tyler, and we've got Jacqueline speaking to us today about equality, diversity and inclusion sociology. So first of all, thank you so much for spending your afternoon with me. Of course, that's fine. I'm super, super excited because... Tell us, first of all, for people that are listening, a little bit about yourself.
1: So hi, my name is Jacqueline. I tend to go by Jackie, but I've been teaching sociology for about almost ten years, and I'm currently the subject lead for the subjects for quite a large um, cohort. With regards to EDI, I recently authored an e-learning module for AQA, specifically on how should we, how can they embed. EDI into the A-level sociology curriculum. So I've got two hats that I tend to wear essentially.
0: Oh, amazing. So this is what I want to start off with, because obviously I know that when we first sort of started talking about this, this was definitely something that was on the, uh, not not official as such. So we didn't really talk about much, but I think a lot, a lot of teachers would be interested in this. So you're doing an e-online, you um, equality diversity course for teachers apart from AQA those that just teach sociology or those that can anyone come on to it if you say teach psychology
1: is it just for the sociology teachers so it's designed specifically for sociology teachers because it's essentially the main topics that we teach and there's some opportunities that link with the optional topics as well but I know that AQA have also been working in terms of making one available for psychology as well So I know the psychology teachers will have that available for them, but the one I've created is specifically sociology. But I'm pretty sure teachers can take out elements and ask themselves, like, oh, how might this apply to other areas like RS, for example, or English literature? But yeah, it was designed specifically with A-level sociology in mind
0: brilliant because i think i mean i've got lots of questions about that as well and so how we navigate through that particularly particular units lend themselves well to looking at equality and diversity inclusion obviously all of sociologists but there's some that really sort of tackle that a little bit more do you mind telling us a little bit about the the long uh e-course if you don't mind
1: yeah so it was really um it was quite interesting how it even came about because one of my good friends she was doing the psychology one and i thought it was really interesting and so I asked AQA, do we have one for sociology? Because I would like to not create it. But I was like, <laughs> I want to be on it. I want to learn. And then they jumped on the call and they were like, uh, yeah, because I said I have a master's in social justice and education and spoke a bit about what I do in my classrooms, etc. So that's essentially how it came about. And it was a really, it was an interesting experience because it forced me to be very reflective in terms of really looking at sociology from a very, very critical lens. And by that, I mean, naturally, when I think about sociology, or when a lot of teachers think about sociology and EDI, we think, oh, sociology does lend itself well to it. Like, sociology is more progressive than, let's say, history, where the discussions around decolonizing the curriculum was much more prevalent. But the more I was doing my research, the more I was thinking and realizing, actually, there are a lot of problematic areas in sociology and a lot of teachers struggle with how to navigate that essentially. And so the whole purpose of the e-learning module is to give teachers actual practical things that they can implement when it comes to actually trying to embed equality, diversity and inclusion across the sociology specification. And I really enjoyed putting it together. It was, it, it allowed me to Dig, to read up on things that I hadn't necessarily read up on, like there was quite a few people who popped up and I was like, oh, I'm going to read more of you. Like, you're quite you're quite an interesting one. But, oh, yeah, go, tell me more,
0: tell me more. Yeah. Oh, dear, that's yeah. what, I mean, I've got in my head, the practicalities, but tell me more about the, because I've, you know, that was like a question I wanted to ask you about was, mm-hmm. I suppose, more controversial studies that we, we have or haven't got to teach mm. them, and there isn't a thing, but I'll come back to that, I'll hold that, but how long is the course just while that talk about the practicalities and uh, is that so women available?
1: So it should be made available from September, but mm-hmm. I'm, I, I haven't got confirmation in terms of the exact exact date, but it tends to be, I don't know if, any, if you've ever done any of the e-learning modules on AQA before, but it's pretty much at your own pace. So if, for example, you're like, oh, do you know what? I've just got an hour to do this bit of it. Let me just do this bit of it. And then you can jump in later and whatnot so it spans like that it's not like you have to be signed on and then you have to commit your time every week because as teachers we don't have time for that so yeah yeah.
0: that flexibility is so important and like you said i think you said something really interesting and i'm going to lead on to the sort of like interesting names i think a lot of people think oh you're a sociology teacher sociology progressive you know all about this which you i mean you'd like to think you do um i think there's lots of challenges in sociology because we have to teach a breadth haven't we from yeah sort of right wing poaches right through to the left wing and everything in between and and you have to do, deal with lots of lots of controversial topics and you'll see mm-hmm. your real life examples that you might choose to bring in could, could be controversial and I say controversial because you personally don't agree with it um and you but you know that it's going to be students potentially in your class that do and obviously there's certain parts of society that do and that your whole idea is to sort of teach a range of perspectives and I know that historically there's been some controversial studies and which I'm going to sort of talk to you about in a minute uh, and there's some current ones as well but again what I perceive and what I operationalize as controversial I don't think necessarily everyone's going to as well so that you know got that in it so you said
1: controversial or some interesting <laughs> interesting names go
0: on then who who are your classes? <laughs> i don't
1: know if they're the same or different well i one of the main areas so not even necessarily i'll get i'll go to the studies that are definitely the ones that are like okay let's have a discussion across the teachers how are we going to teach this but in terms of topic areas cultural deprivation has always been an area that i have struggled with and i know a lot of other teachers who i've spoken to have also struggled with when it comes to actually delivering it and so that was one of the things that i had in mind when i was thinking about this idea of equality diversity and inclusion because essentially that whole idea of edi is about other voices being heard it's about making sure there's spaces for marginalized groups to actually be heard to actually be seen and to not feel like their culture is being devalued whereas cultural deprivation by its definition is about devaluing a particular culture and so yeah that's one of the key controversial areas that we struggle with teaching but obviously we have to teach it look at the um, exam that they just sat their 30, 30 marker was a lot of it was you know cultural deprivation so we can't just ignore the things we don't like it's like it's exactly like you said where we have to give them that breath we have to teach these things and the way that we tend to nav- navigate it is by allowing the students or encouraging the students to really scrutinize these concepts and to really look at okay who came up with this concept how how might that skew how they're actually defining this or the groups that they're actually labeling these concepts with etc so yeah so i think one of the benefits of the controversial topics is that it can force teachers to improve their students critical skills because it does force them to be like okay let's not agree with everything they're saying but how can we challenge it like you have to come with something to show us how can we actually challenge it so all my students they know Keddy. they're like yeah coach you different not coach you deprived it's like okay good starting point let's go a bit further but yeah 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 i think but that's in, the thing i yeah.
0: think like you said it's 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 sometimes a controversial topic it's a good quite a good starter to engage debate because ultimately it it rubs some students up the wrong way which is uh-huh. Is good because then it fires up that debate, but it's getting that sort of, like you said, range of perspectives as well. So um,
1: I realised that I sort of cut you. were about to say something. Yeah, no, so I was going to say in terms of um, studies. So, well,
0: um, like, yes, I'm, how I'm that down.
1: just, I mean, I mean
0: how? how? I mean, <laughs> I know how I teach it. <laughs> um it might be the same way as you teach it what i think i think with other studies i often teach like once well, you've just mentioned the cultural deprivations. i put the historical context into it yes. so that we're not talking about it now and like you said what was the agenda at the time what was the politics mm-hmm. of the time what was going on why might they feel they were justified in saying that what do we know now you know high science a brilliant thing you know put it all as a bigger picture mm-hmm. then we mentioned tony <laughs> Hill. um and obviously, you know, that's current. So,
1: yeah, I mean, discuss, tell me, enlighten me. I, yeah. Do you know what? I think the best thing that came out of Sewell and his, um, his report is that it really does highlight his theoretical framework. It really does highlight the fact that he is echoing new right sentiments. And so it is useful in that sense, because essentially we want the students to be able to distinguish between the values and the different ideas of these different perspectives. So, yeah, that was that was useful. It's um, it, it's interesting because on my uh, on the module that I did, created for AQA, I've got a section where it's more it's more so about diversifying and having more um, inclusion in terms of the sociologists that we're actually showing to the students. So the the sociologists whose views we're sharing, what they look like, etc. And I put him on the list. And when I was discussing it with one of my colleagues, they were like, but why, why why would you put him on the list? Like, Why would you want to give him airtime and, and whatnot? And I think it goes, again, goes back to what you said in terms of the fact that there are some people who do agree with him. And whether students agree with him or not, it's useful to have him in your essay because you can always find someone who disagrees with him. And more importantly, I think using Sewell actually does strike a really important conversation in my classrooms, especially when we talk about the fact that black people are not a monolith, like they're not all gonna have the same ideas, just like not all white people have the same ideas, not all Jewish people have the same ideas. And so he's useful in that sense as well. And yeah, it, he's, a, he's a very interesting one because it always, always gets a reaction from the students. And the fact they're so contemporary, they remember it. I so, yeah. think
0: so too, I think, you know, I think there's a couple of things you said that I totally resonate with I think one of the contemporary nature I think the idea that there's a range of perspectives with any ethnic group I think the students didn't initially know like obviously the way socially or sociology works we often just talk about names and then actually what I did this year to get the representation of of social just from gender ethnicity sexuality is I've got their their faces and then I've got their names and uh, I tried to use a whole range so that we you know and then I've got like an empty box saying "new question mark just to sort of make it inclusive but, but yeah the students were like oh no because then students were like oh my goodness like I didn't yeah. think he was a black man and yes. then we, I did it when how I teach it is I show this, this quite a short snapshot of him talking about the report and then I counter the balance that with the sort of the alternative argument which is Something from I got from Double Down News. Um, I have had to quite edit because it's got it's got some swear words in it, so I'm sort of make sure that I use the right bit. But just to show two opposing arguments, really, from that same a response to that same report, mm-hmm. and the students were really shocked. And I think like, there's often a good discussion and debate there about what was what. Again, you've got to talk about his age as well. Like he's older. Mm-hmm. He's you know. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot in that that you can sort of pull pull apart. And obviously his own. Experience of working with it advising the political parties, and actually, you yeah. can't. I know people said, Oh, don't give him airtime, but actually, like you said, actually, if you look at census, he's he's quoted in in census reports. Um, exactly. so my students were like, Oh, you know, this, and then they go, Oh, that's what sociologists do is they report, like, you know, they talk about actual stuff, and I said, like, Yeah, of course, that's what they yeah. do. So I think there is an yeah. importance to that as well, so you know. With, with this, like how, what are you advising teachers to do? Like, what what's, what's your sort of, in your course, what are you saying that we do when we have, yes, teach the breadth, teach the context, but is there anything else that we should be doing as sociology teachers? Um, I, mean, I mean, personally, I'm always aware of my bias, and I think that's always really important. important. Um, and, and, and thinking about that a lot, I reflect on that a lot, because ultimately, it's for our students to come to their own thoughts and opinions themselves. But is there anything else you think is really important?
1: I think it's really important to make sure because one thing I don't think AQA does is I don't think they make space for potential solutions or like tackling certain areas and whatnot. Because I remember doing sociology as a student, loving the subject, but sometimes really feeling being um, t- marginalised by the subject as well. So where t- where uh, my teachers would be echoing certain statistics, etc. and i always remember thinking oh i'm always hearing about the problem is this the problem is this the problem is this but as sociologists where's the solution like where show us where they've actually tackled these things etc and one thing i always do with my students is when we finish um whether it's differential achievement as a whole or if it's just gender and differential achievement or ethnicity etc there's always space when we're doing evaluation is to actually think okay we know what sociologists have identified as the problem whether it was labeling theory Cultural deprivation theory, material deprivation, let's start thinking about actual solutions. Like what could be done in terms of actually tackling these and narrowing these gaps? And the students get so into it because it really does force them to think like global citizens. It really forces them. Some of them, some of their suggestions are absolutely wild. And it's like that can't happen but (laughs) some of them really do especially if you get them to do it in groups some of them really do surprise you and they and it really shows that they're paying attention to what the pro what the root of these problems actually are and the roots are structural and so it is useful as well because it helps to put everything into context and this idea that it's not the fault of the individual in terms of these different things in terms of like where we're looking at crime rates etc etc that as sociologists, we need to acknowledge the structural aspect, the structural element. And so I think that's one thing I would definitely encourage teachers is to make sure there's space for students to actually think about solutions because for the students in the class, especially who belong to these groups that are marginalised, it goes home with them and they remember these things. And it's just like, yeah, you enjoy sociology, but then you also realise that the only time they're talking about you is when it's something negative and so I think it's really important where the textbooks don't leave space for solutions that there's space for a collective response essentially yeah mm, I definitely I try and
0: I, I try and bring it through the evaluation so I try and find stuff that already exists within society so for example we're teaching ethnicity and education I look at how sort of the outreach projects and what's what you know, i showed a clip from um cambridge university and what their student union are doing and stuff like that so i sort of choke try and find stuff that would really exist within society mm-hmm. in order to you know like uh, contextual value added and then i try and then evaluate that and say you know are these effective you know are they yeah. you know how effective are they uh, and try and bring that in a little bit but yeah thinking about those solutions is such a good idea when thinking about how you know, how effective are they? I think in the, look, we're talking about decolonising the curriculum. I was reading something from Run Me Trust the other day. Um, and there's lots of statistics out there. That was another thing I was going to ask you about was, you know, I suppose what I use is called spotlighting. So um, when you, particularly if you've got a group of students that are not only, we're talking about marginalised groups, but they're also the minority within the classroom. And not all schools will be like that, to be more culture diverse as a group. But say you've got a minority like whether that's to do with any of the sort of debates we talk about within sociology class gender ethnicity sexuality how do we navigate that because like you said they walk away from that I mean I'm very conscious one of the things I was getting my students to do thinking about was like how we talk a lot about this but what about this so for example Mm -hmm. when we talk about differential achievement why are what other than things we've looked at why are increasing more working class students going to university or why are you know, looking at sort of Fuller's research and saying, well, why are, you know, girls, black girls forming pro school subculture or like, you know, sort of going and rejecting that sort of labelling and doing well and in education, sort of looking at the things that count and also in their own life experiences yeah. where that's happening. Because obviously there's lots of, within their own micro setting that there's lots of people that are going against labels and, you know, stereotypes that exist. But how then do we navigate it if we've got a group of students or a very small minority of students um, and we're talking about these really sensitive debates so like you said like, I know that I, I like it's maybe me, me and my own bias Like the only time I ever spoke about ethnicity was in the sociology classroom and as much as I loved it because it was being spoken there I remember that sort of hot feeling in my face like where I was like You feel oh, like they're looking at you you're like Yeah and I don't think they were but I think yeah. like and then you got that sort of like then the other students i like like you know <laughs> and i <I'm like, laughs> Oh, okay, yeah. like that sort of feeling, but obviously it's probably because it's the only place you can have those conversations. But then it's like yeah. I'm a representative of every Filipino yeah. person in the world. Do you know what I mean? Or every you know whatever. So how do you sort of manage that within the classroom for teachers?
1: Do you know? I think that goes back to it being so important about the type of culture you set in your classroom, and it's useful that I don't know when this is going to be aired, but it's very useful, especially towards the beginning of the year because you as a teacher you decide what is the culture in your classroom like what's acceptable versus what's unacceptable and so I think it's so important to make sure your students feel in the class whether they are the minority or not it's a safe space to speak and to and that they can be respectful respectful and also be heard at the same time and I think the way that teachers can do that is little things like even having certain posters in the classroom making sure when they're having class discussions everyone gets a chance to speak it's not the same voices that are dominating the discussion making sure when you have your powerpoint slides there's diversity on your slides so when you're when the students are trying to figure you out as your new as their new teacher they can kind of sense that oh okay see miss tyler i see it yep, yep. <laughs> she she knows what's going on so i think it's really important to set that because When you don't have that, that's when the kids don't feel comfortable enough to even voice if they disagree with something, for example, like something might be said from the textbook and a student might really strongly disagree. But if they don't feel comfortable in that class to voice that, they're just going to go home and carry that feeling. And so I think that's a really important thing. The second thing I would say is teachers being really careful about making really generalised statements because students and i've noticed this as an examiner especially when i'm marking and they'll say things like all black boys or all working class it's just like no (laughs) they're not talking about all like make it clear that it's not everyone that's not what they're saying and so i think the language that we're using like making sure that where we're talking about ethnicity for example having that racial literacy for example is key there having that core comfortable supportive culture i think those are the things that it, it, the teacher has a responsibility to make sure that's there in the classroom. Mm, so, yeah.
0: so, so true. I always say this to the students, you know, if the question gets called, it's about ethnicity, what do you mean? What, what are you, what are, we talking, what are you talking about? You know, and obviously we talk, pull up the census data and all the progress eight data and all yeah. the schools and, and like, well, what do you mean? Like, are we, to, not every group's underachieving and not all groups of students are achieving. How does that then relate to, social class as well so really breaking that down and same with gender I find that sometimes students attempted to just sort of and I know I've spoken to people before about this if it's a female student sometimes they're only talking about females as a male student they're only talking about males and it, it's talking about that in a, in a more holistic way same as I think when I teach cultural identity but if you talk about sexuality it's talking about sexualities and sort of being a more, broader in your response and I think like you said it's the language you use and I, I always my favorite word is arguably some yes. to some extent and putting exactly. those words in to some and extent. Like, always, I love that. always <laughs> I always I always they, 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 I think my students laugh and me because, arguably but I said there's evidence mm-hmm. to suggest but there's also evidence that nothing proves anything that's sort of a key mm-hmm. thing like I said it's not all um, and I think as well it's thinking about things like you said keeping up to date with information I think some of the trends aren't as distinct as potentially they were say 50 years ago some, mm-hmm. some of the sociologists were, were talking about um particularly like the class debate it, it's a lot more it, there's a lot more movement within that um and so you know there's arguably the class system is now more layers to that and showing the students around sort of the new definition of the new class system I also say there's seven or eight I can't remember I should know this how many
1: class, how I know many I've, I teach culture <laughs> and identity as well and I was thinking oh I should actually know how many you know there are I mean,
0: but it's but like showing, yeah just showing the students and I was talking about the definition of classes now changed. it's you know it's not just about economics it's about social but again mm-hmm. it goes back to call that cultural capital debate and you know mm-hmm. that whole you know which we just talked about and so sort of this idea of deprivation still feeds into a lot of other conversations contemporary from a contemporary perspective um in regards what you said at the beginning sociology is arguably quite arguably well, arguably is coming in arguably oh. arguably <laughs> progressive um mm-hmm although we know there's limitations for teaching that hints the reason why you've authored um this online learning for for teachers how do we then because i said i sometimes think about like, as social teachers we could be in an echo chamber of our own likes sort of students that are thinking quite progressively how do we then outreach that whole school
1: that is a very very good question and i think what so obviously as teachers like share practice so when we do have like you said inset days so inset day PD, pd days making sure that you're sharing what you're doing in sociology because essentially it's not something that has to just be a sociology thing like it's something that can lend itself to the humanities it can lend itself to um uh english subjects etc etc so i think sharing practices is, um is one thing and i also think where i know not all schools have an easy official edi committee essentially but even if they can create some form of like working group so if there are some teachers whether it's just sociology teachers or it's better if you can get other teachers so sociology and other teachers where you're all sharing your practice maybe meet once a half term about how we can actually extend what we're doing here into the whole whole school because i understand it's it's really challenging to take what we're doing in our subject, even though we're a big subject, it's so hard to try and make it a whole school thing. And so I think where we, it, we've been, have we been successful in making that thing? I should check back with you next year because then we'll, we'll know for sure if it's been successful. But what I would say is um, if like subject leads, for example, make sure that on their schemes of work, they've set aside space where they've incorporated some form of EDI. So one thing that we do in our department is we have um, projects that pop up. And so we have Black, Black History Month projects, we have um, Reading Challenge, we have um, LGBTQIA projects. Like we have different projects and especially projects that link in with um, the Culture and Identity Unit. I think where we have those kind of things, that's easier to say, oh, maybe other subjects can try and adapt this and see if it works in their subject so for example there's elements of what we do that they can use in history or what they can use in rs or something like that so yeah i i think that's a real that is a real challenge but it does start with sharing practice it does yeah yeah
0: because yeah i think it's i think sometimes it has students that do it as well for us i don't know if you find the same but they go yes. into another lesson and they're like you know oh we did this actually or oh, this relates to feminism or this relates to marxism or and so i think they sometimes do that and then teachers might come down and go oh like i didn't know you did that in there and I was like, oh yeah yeah we yeah. do I, I actually there's two things i just sent this week actually to to different departments and i was thinking oh this is this is quite good to share uh one was oh the I think it was Runnymede. It might be the me Trust. but They wrote an article about the NHS and it's seventy-five years of the NHS. And the, the, yeah. I, I don't personally teach health, but they were talking. It was about disparities within the healthcare system. And so I forwarded that on to my biology teachers and and the, that sort of science department, thinking, well, actually, that might be useful to, for them to have a discussion. And I also said, I'm happy. You know, it's nice to sort of share good practice. I'm happy for anyone to come and talk to. So I think it's even something as small as that. Yeah. And you think, oh, you know, that's okay, I'm not teaching health and or health and social care and, and sharing that across to different departments. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like you said, uh, it, it's it's maybe that working body, that working party that might mm-hmm. be, if schools have got that, sort of the equality and diversity party, or it might be a small working group that are thinking, having those conversations and those, and I think people are doing it. I know that like history working really hard at the moment across the UK and working at decolonising the curriculum, yeah. like English are as well, but it almost like would be nice if, if schools colleges sixth forms it. if all yeah, the staff well. are because they're probably like rather than all working separately they're probably going oh like like you said put it on the scheme of work or what many what what they're doing in rs for example or what they're doing in french or whatever that might be in other subjects and coordinating that thinking a little bit more yeah. um yeah sorry you're gonna say
1: no yeah no i completely agree and i think that goes back to management as well and essentially SLT and who's deciding like what we do during our meeting times because if we do have whole staff meeting if we do have twilight for example why can't we slot out time where it's specifically there for EDI and so there's opportunities there where you can collaborate with other teachers whether they're in your department or in fact like I said earlier it's better if they're not in your department because in my department they've heard me talk about it like we've had (laughs) our meetings on it so I think it, it does have to be a whole school approach where management or whoever's deciding on what's getting covered in the meeting they're backing teachers to have the time to share their practice and then go back and reflect on what they've actually been doing because we had um, in social sciences we were able to bring in um, a woman called Alison wiggins and she works for ucl and she did a re- she did an amazing session on anti-racism and how you how you become anti racist and what that means for our students what that means for our teaching etc and it would have been really great if we had space across the whole staff for her to deliver it to everyone but because of the way the schedules were lined up and they'd already decided what was happening for the whole school one she wasn't able to do the whole school but we were fortunate we were able to benefit from it but i think schools and colleges have a responsibility to make sure everyone has that space where they can all come together and really just learn from it because it's just so important and I don't think I, I think we're fortunate enough where it's received more attention following George Floyd but it can't just be lip service like it's, it's it has to be a lot more than that yeah
0: oh definitely I think we had those conversations like I said we, we funny enough we've just had training as well but not from the same person actually we're gonna have them as a guest hopefully in the next couple of weeks or um, in a month about talking about anti-racism within school and how to sort of bring that into not just sociology but you know across the whole school uh, on the podcast but yeah we've had someone similar come and speak to us as well and it's just so you know from a whole school perspective and I think it's just so important because sometimes and that's why I think it's so important is that time to reflect isn't it it's just time to reflect because we all have our own inherent biases or experiences Mm -hmm. that impact on our conversations or our thought processes or the, the books we read and, and it's not it's all it's never necessarily intentional it's just been aware that they they we they exist for everyone on every level um I know I personally was reflecting about something you know like my own childhood and I was like well I'm still carrying that around like so then when I think about that that's something I'm you know carrying into different situations and and I'm mindful of um, and so you know, ha- it's thinking about that and and having that space. I think so. Sometimes we don't have that space to think about it. Yeah. And it like I said, it's so so important, not just within social sociology or the social sciences, but across a whole school. And it will definitely like make. You know, I was thinking about this. Like, it actually makes people who who either take sociology or don't or have those com- have conversations. It's about that empathy when uh, and that sort of. Oh, the what I'm looking for but like when they go into the workplace you're not going to repeat some of the patterns that have happened before if that makes sense that's what I was yeah. like like the, the disparities within the healthcare system okay not everyone's going to go off and do a sociology degree although we'd love them to it's mm-hmm. but it's them having that lens to think through and thinking oh like okay I've had a different experience to someone else but I can I can think of virtually and that's only I can think of as I can mm-hmm. think what it's like for someone else so yeah. actually when I'm doing this in this profession I'm considerate of their experiences and their views, rather than looking through a sort of one lens ex- perspective, um, you know, it's so important to have those conversations before you go. Because I could talk about it with you forever.
1: Because I feel like
0: oh, there's lots of other things you said, and I was like, oh, when are we talking about cultural identity
1: with you. Um, oh gosh, any time, because... listen, any time, I'm happy to. <laughs> talk about I was like,
0: that. oh, I really want to find more about how you're finding that because uh, I thought it sometimes it feels like it's a all one-stop shop on everything. And you don't, you mm. feel like you could spend your whole ski work time on literally just one of those identities. Like mm-hmm. it's like those, those seven, oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> many. But, but it's so good. But, but even um, in terms of that one thing I was going to say as well is for teachers to even reflect on the options that they're doing. So we've, um, we recently moved to cultural identity and media. And I think moving to media, especially, so culture and identity aside, Media has probably been the best change in terms of where you're trying to really impact in terms of equality, diversity, and inclusion, because a lot of our students are so swamped with the media. Doing media really does force them to be critical, and it really does force them to not just buy into the stereotypes and to really pay attention to okay, who's being ignored, who who are the where's the power structures here, and so I think it's important for teachers to even look at their options or their subject their topic sorry to see okay how can i actually use this to get my students to think in terms of edi outside of my classroom and i think media definitely has done that for our students mm. that's been oh, quite
0: interesting. interesting i think ah oh, well i've, I've i'm gonna, I've, i'm with stratification so because uh, i, I want to keep that sort of like that theme of of evaluation. I, I I hadn't thought too much about media, but that's interesting. Although I feel like you talk about media quite a lot in crime, obviously, and I think we talk about cultural mm. identity quite a lot. So um, yeah, yeah, that very was well. one, yeah, I was gonna say to you, what what is something that teachers can do between now and September is something they might be thinking about? But I suppose, like, changing subjects might not be able. by the way, guys, no, no. But is there anything else anywhere we, I know, mean, we can wait for the course in September, is there anything else, yeah. Is there, I mean, other studies we should revisit again, even though they are controversial, to sort of look at them again as a, from a different lens, I'm looking up there, I was looking at my book, <laughs> I'm looking at my bookshelf, but, um, is there anything we could do, anything you recommend, as part of your own experience from from authoring uh, the online courses and you found was really beneficial that maybe if mm. teachers have got time at the holidays and they feel like oh do you know what I wouldn't mind looking into that again.
1: Yeah so I would say um, uh, Diverse Educators, so they're, um, they're online, they're a website and they are so good because they essentially, i had the book here somewhere but I don't know if I've still got it, no I don't have it anymore, but um, they're really good in the sense that you can you'll go onto it and you'll think oh my gosh this is a lot of information but if you go to the directory you'll see it breaks it down in terms of age gender ethnicity etc and then within that there are readings but there's also different websites there's also more up-to-date statistics like there's so much available there and that was one thing that i shared across the whole school because i was just like teachers if you're you don't know where to start this is a great place to start and it's not wow. necessarily where you have to look at everything. You can just hone in on, okay, I want to just focus specifically on looking at LGBTQIA rights, for example, or embedding that better in my curriculum, in my college. And it it's just there. So I think that's one of the key things. I think has really yeah. been so helpful for me and for um the college. Uh, in terms of sociology in particular, I would say what they can do between now and going back. Well, I would say if teachers are interested in terms of um, like reading, using the classics, like I say classics, hasn't even been out that long, but Akala's natives, like even reading contemporary literature like that, because interestingly, like you can use that in your lesson. Like you can actually use that to resonate with the kids. You can actually use that to support a lot of the ideas that we do teach them. Uh, and
0: I think it also offers a nice alter- it's the alternative debate, doesn't it? Because exactly. I, I use it for for when we look at cry. I look, him, look at him when I look at cry. I know that he's not a sociologist, a sociologist not on the reading list, but I think it poses a completely different perspective. Um, and I think the students can relate to what he's saying as well. I think like it's exactly. he, very more accessible. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I think that's important. And there's um, there's also a oh, I've forgotten her name, but I know her, she she does a series of blogs and it's called The Other Sociologist. And with her, she's really interesting because she, she again has more relevant, more com- contemporary research there as well that you can use. And it doesn't span as far as the diverse educator, but in terms of gender, ethnicity, class, it definitely has things there. So I think if teachers are interested in terms of the reading side. I can go there. If they're more interested in terms of uh, podcasts, for example, you've got the um, the sociology podcast. I think that's actually what it's called. Where, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I I can see the logo in my head. I know it's the orange orange logo. But yeah, that's really useful as well because with um, and it's on my e-learning module where it's I've actually in... Is that the one
0: with the lots of different Yes, on that? that's the yes, one. Yeah. That's the one. Matt Wilkins. Yes.
1: Yeah that is really good because even the even the um studies if they're quite old it does provide a new freshness to it when you hear the person who who did the study actually talking about it and so i think for teachers that's quite useful for them to to dip into as well and even if they don't want to necessarily watch the whole thing or listen to the whole thing as well oh, definitely, but yeah. definitely yeah
0: definitely i want to ask one more question i'm conscious of time i'll be literally my last question because as you were saying okay. looking at all these things if because a teacher, I'm thinking like, well, there's gonna be teachers that they're gonna be nervous and think, well, that's not like as I mentioned to Carla and I, I use Carla uh, in sociology, but I know that some people be a bit nervous and be thinking to themselves, will my students be credited for this? You know, like ah. they're not on.
1: Yeah, so my, that's my question to you. What your uh-huh. what your thoughts on that? So my thoughts on that is I always teach the key sociologists they have to know. So. I refer to them as the MVPs. where It's like who are your most valuable players? Oh, who, yeah. who, are, who are the people that <laughs> you feel like? On cards like, on Pokemon, or something. Like, <laughs> okay, but, <laughs> but but eventually, it works. It helps them to think because it's just like who are the ones you have to know. And so I say to them, as long as you know these ones, if you want to add in others that maybe aren't necessarily on the spec, that's fine. Like you're you are allowed to do that. I've never been examining, and they've said oh, there's um, Durkheim, Weber, and um, Crenshaw. There's Durkheim, Weber, there's and I can use Crenshaw because now she's actually on the um, AQA oh, yeah. guide. Yeah, they've never said, oh, they've got those, but look, they've added hooks and hooks wasn't on the approved list. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I think it's it's fine to say that, it's just as long as you're not ignoring the ones that you know the examiner's expecting to see, <laughs> you know, because then we're not doing them any favours if we just give them only contemporary literature, but then they haven't actually incorporated what we're expecting you, to see. But yeah, because one thing The for money ones. Yeah. yeah, because what I say to the students as well is, because sometimes as examiners, you have, um, you have some people who haven't necessarily even been teaching sociology that long. And so they might literally just be using the textbook. And so you don't want to be in a situation where you've thrown in all of these new people because to that examiner that might look like a random list of names you've just picked out of the sky. so yeah so I say as long as you're keeping with the key ones that you know the examiner's expecting to see for example Becca with the concept of labeling theory that's fine if you want to then show how labeling theory is used and what Akala says to that you know so that's yeah, yeah that's how I how I tend to do it with my students
0: Oh, definitely. Oh, lots of advice there, lots of feedback. And I look forward to going on your, uh, on. A, I will definitely be going on that for sure. Um, and I'll definitely, I will, will make sure we'll put it on the Facebook page as well to remind people when that's coming up. Um, and I will mention when I, when it comes up, I'll put those um, links on there as well. So mm-hmm. thank you for your time. I could literally unpick your brain, for, but I might get you back on in September to talk about uh, your sort of Thoughts and feelings about teaching culture and identity, and how you do those seven
1: identities
0: for
1: (laughs) sure. Yeah, we're 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 trying something a little bit different for next year with um, with the identities. So we'll see. We'll see. It's something we did with media, so we're going to see if it works this way. Mm, Okay. Yeah. That'd be
0: good. It might be the same thing I'm thinking about, so maybe we'll, we'll talk about this and then we'll also do it for the podcast as well. But okay. definitely, oh, thank you for your time and enjoy your summer holidays, most importantly. You too, um, you too. And thank you, a lovely chat to you. Sorry, I know that we've gone on longer than we planned, but-
1: Honestly, I enjoyed it.
0: I loved it, yeah. so thank you so
1: much, yeah. thank you. You take care, yeah. thank you. Thank you, thank you for having me. That's all right, bye-bye. Bye. The sociology Stuff Room is brought to you by tutor to You Sociology. Find us at tutor you.net forward slash sociology or follow us on Twitter at tutor 2 or Instagram at tutor2 you, you can also join our very lively Facebook groups for sociology teachers. See you soon.